One Hope Church. Good morning. Good morning, morning, kids. Making the way to their class. It's a beautiful day here in Athens, Georgia. Wonderful day to worship the Lord outside or from the inside of your vehicle or online. If you're joining this online, uh, we are glad that y'all are here uh, today. And so um, I'm going to give you the obligatory um, every preacher in America today. Hindsight is 2020. Ha ha. Sort of. um, Yeah, no, we're not really going to do that. (laughs) um, We're looking forward to 2021 that we are in now. And really, we want to dedicate this year um, and, and however much of this year the Lord gives us collectively or each one of us individually um, to growing in the knowledge, grace, and power of God for God's glory. We want to grow in the knowledge and grace and power of God for God's glory. Amen. So we got it's a windy morning in Athens, Georgia <laughs> today. So uh, make sure we're all on the same page here. We want to grow in the knowledge, grace, and power of God for God's glory. And so in order to do that, you know, we have to have a plan. You have to have a plan if you want to want to, want to grow. And um, we're going to talk about that this morning, but let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the privilege, God, to be here, uh, to be here and to to worship you. Help us to do so in spirit and in truth. And this morning, Lord, I pray that you would work in each one of our hearts and minds. Um, Fill us with your spirit. Help us to be who you want us to be in you. And thank you for your love and your grace, dear God, that you displayed, that you sent your son. Jesus, you displayed that love and sacrifice for us at the cross. And we give you thanks, praise, and glory this morning. In your name, Jesus. Amen. So as we uh, look forward to 2021, you know, we, you have to have a plan. You know, people make, you, you know, New Year's resolutions. What's a resolution? Resolutions can be really good. They're a, a firm decision to do something or not to do something. But a resolution without a plan usually leads to failure and disappointment. I just give you a little bit of a personal example here, and and just by way of an example is something that maybe you can relate to that makes sense. But at the end of November, Claire and I were sitting around, and you know we had we came to the we came to an agreement with a factual reality that we had gotten. A bit out of shape. And so we said, okay, we've gotten a bit out of shape. We need a what? A plan. Because if we just acknowledge the truth and said, well, we've gotten a bit out of shape, but we didn't do anything about it. We're like, well, um, you know, you turn the TV on and I'll, I'll go get some junk food. You know, nothing's going to happen. Right? Uh, there had to be a plan. So we made a, a plan. Um, so we had to have specific goals. 
we had to have action steps to accomplish those goals and we had to have accountability. So our specific goal was to run, jog or run, one mile every day for the month of December. Whether we wanted to or not, regardless of what the weather was, it didn't matter, no excuses, didn't matter how you felt. And so to accomplish that plan, you know, we had to take turns. Okay, one of us is in the house, you know, we've got three kids and one of them's younger. And so it's like, okay, so, you know, you run and then I'll be with the kids and then I'll run. You'll be with the kids. And then we posted it on Facebook and and y'all were accountability for us, even if you didn't know it. Because once we put it out there, you know, then, okay, need to do it. (laughs) A little extra incentive, right, to follow through. And so it felt good to accomplish that goal, but what if, bear with me now, so December ends and we're like, okay, we're good. And now if we don't have any sort of plan for January, what's happened? Well, in about two, three weeks, we're going to be, what, right back where we started. Right back where we started. Folks, you know, our spiritual life, in our spiritual life, We have to have a plan. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 tells us, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that was set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we're instructed using that, the metaphor of the example of, of running that the spiritual life is a race, but it's not a sprint. He says, you know, run with endurance. See every day we need to go with the Lord. And we have to keep our eyes on Jesus because he is the author and finisher of our faith. He is our prize. He's also the one that gives us the strength to endure. He's the one who helps us. He's the one who says he will never leave us or forsake us. That he is always with us. So we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. It also says we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. There's, you know, that accountability from those who have gone before us. From those who are, and we would, you know, not from that passage, but we would also say, you know, the accountability of, you know, the church, the accountability of our family members who also follow the Lord. The wind is really something today, so we'll work on that. One second here to die down. We have to remember, folks, that if you do not have a plan, then you have indeed planned to fail. Do we understand that? If you do not have a plan, then you have planned to fail. And, and you don't have to have, you know, intention with that. You don't have to say, like, you know, I want to fail. It's just a matter of reality that if you do not have a plan for progress, 
then your plan is to be stagnant or to go back. Now, a person who is a mature a mature follower of Jesus may have gotten to the point in their life with their patterns of Bible study and memorization and commitment you know, to the church and evangelism that it's so ingrained in who they are that they don't have to say, well, you know, now I'm going to do X to, you know, move forward because they're constantly moving forward in, in Jesus. They've reached that point of spiritual maturity where they are already always doing the things that bring about spiritual growth. They're already consistent in Bible study. They're already consistent in scripture memory. They're already consistent in fellowship. They're already consistent in evangelism. And they love doing those things and they just keep doing them more and more so they don't have to sit there from time to time and, you know, and write everything out. Though they probably do have a plan in terms of like, these are the books that I'm studying or this is my plan to read through the Bible in a year. Those sorts of things. But it's just become so ingrained in them and who they are, that it's like you don't have to be reminded to eat every day or to brush your teeth every day or to sleep every day. You just do those things. They're just a natural part of who you are. But that person's goal has been to walk closely with the Lord. You better believe that. And they've taken steps in their lives to ensure that they do just that. It doesn't happen by accident. So this morning, I'm going to propose a plan today. You're free to make whatever plan you want to make. I'm just trying to give you a little something to help you get started. See, 2 Timothy 2.15 says... Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Listen to the scripture. Be diligent. Like the scripture commands us to be diligent. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Like be diligent. Because you're going to be before God. You want to be approved before God. As a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. And so much of our life as followers of Jesus revolves around how do we handle the word of truth. And again, we have a couple of options. You see, there are people who come to the scripture as those who know better than the scripture does and know better than God does and they're going to say what it should have said and what it should have meant or what it really means, you know, in um, a more enlightened view. Or you can come humbly underneath the the scripture and say the scripture has authority in my life. God has authority. God and his word have authority over my life. And so whatever God has said through his word, that I will seek to agree with and to do regardless of whether I like it or not. 
Folks, if you're going to grow in your spiritual life, there are going to be times where you have to do what your flesh does not want to do. You have to agree with God over agreeing with your culture, with your own personal perspectives, with your own personality, with your own desires. You're going to have to say, God's ways are better than my ways. I submit to the authority of God. If there's an unwillingness to do that, then that automatically creates this barrier to your spiritual growth that you will not be able to break through until you submit to the Lord. That's true for me. That's true for you. That's true for every follower of Jesus. We have to come under the authority of the word. So I'm going to give you a little plan. I brought my coach's board, and you don't have to like sports to like my coach's board this morning because we're talking about spiritual things. But I got my basketball coach's board because, you see, what what we're trying to avoid is you and I getting dunked on by the enemy. See, because if you don't have a plan in your spiritual growth, the enemy is going to dunk on your face. And you're going to be sprawled out underneath the basket saying, what happened? And the deal is, you didn't have a plan. So, you've got to make sure you have a plan. So, what's the first thing on the plan? Well, we're going to put on here, number one, study the Word. Study the Word. It's number one on the plan. All scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training and righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. That's 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Really, all scripture is God-breathed. Look, it's beneficial for what? For teaching. What is teaching? It's, okay, here's what you need to know in order um, to please God. For for rebuke. See, rebuke is different than correction. It says both. It says for rebuke, for correction. What's the difference? Well, correction is you didn't really know. So we got to correct your way of, of thinking about this. Because we, we were not understanding God's perspective on a particular issue. So we needed some correction. Rebuke is when you know what is right, but you're doing what's wrong. And so then the scripture rebukes. For training in righteousness. Folks, spiritual life, it's a, it's a, again, it's an exercise. It's a discipline. It takes so it takes effort. It doesn't just happen to you. But there's a goal so that you can be fully equipped for every good work, that God has these wonderful things for you to participate in. And if you are you know, being shaped by the scripture, then you'll be prepared for those opportunities that come along that the Lord gives the good things he has for you to do. And we could have put this other one in, in front here. We got to pray. You know, prayer.
prayer and study of the word go hand in hand because we need, God, please teach me from your word. Show me from your word. Instruct me according to your word. You know, this is us talking to God. And in our talking to God, you know, we need to follow the model of the scripture is that we give glory to God. That we give thanks to God. That we confess anything in us that isn't right as it is made known to us. And we ask for, for help. Okay. I need to show you all the board. Study the word. Pray. Memorize. Memorize the scripture. I've been reminded this year how important that is. Psalm 119.11 says, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Alright, this was for the parents here for a second. So parents, you know, we should all be thankful that our kids, you know, week by week, are being helped to memorize verses. Because, you know, when when our kids have the scripture in their heart, they sin less. When our kids have the scripture in their heart, they sin less. You say, well, wait, wait, wait. My, kid's kind of been, my kid kind of sins a lot. Well, how much more would they be sinning if they didn't have any scripture memorized? So, but also, here's the thing. As that scripture in our children you know, is memorized, what does the word say? Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So, you know, even now, but in their teenage years, in their 20s, in their 30s, that scripture will help them in those moments of pressure, in those moments of temptation. I can testify to you from my own personal experience that those scriptures memorized as a child will come back and they will be of help. But for everybody who's not a child, whether you have children or not, what example are we setting for children in terms of our own scripture memory? Parents, I'm going to put you on the spot today, but all adults. 2020, what Bible verses did you memorize? And this isn't to make you feel bad. If you're like, well, Zero, one, two, three, something like that. This isn't to make you feel bad, but it's to give you an, a, an encouragement of don't repeat that in 2021. You see, what happens, and, and this is, I confess, this has happened to me in my life. Oh, you know, scripture memory, that's something, it, it's not even a conscious thought. It's just like, oh, well, kids do that in their Sunday school and, you know, get ready for camp and go to camp and they memorize verses at camp, things like that. And that's great because we know the benefit of that longer on. But at what point did we think, hey, I don't need that anymore? That's crazy talk. You know, you and I need to memorize the scriptures. So what is, but here's the deal. If you don't have a plan to memorize the scripture, 
in 2021. How many Bible verses will you memorize in 2021 if you don't have a plan? I can tell you, I can tell you right now. Zero. Zero. If you don't actually have a plan to hide the word of God in your heart in 2021, you won't. So how do you solve it? Well, I suggest that you don't start with like, hey, I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to sit down, you know, three hours a day and I'm going to memorize. Because that's going to last about 30 minutes. So, you know, in December, Claire and I ran more than a marathon. We ran over 30 miles. One mile at a time. One day she did three. She was showing off on me. But one mile at a time, we ran more than a marathon. And so this is what I'm going to encourage you for is memorizing a passage is really useful. Like take something like Colossians chapter three or take Matthew, you know, chapter five or part of chapter five or, you know, whatever it is that the Lord you know lays on your heart. Ephesians six, 10 through 20. But, you know, take 10 verses, you know, make something that's 10, 15 verses, right? And just say, I'm going to memorize one verse a week. I'm going to memorize one verse a week, but I'm going to, I'm going to review. So if I did Colossians chapter three, I'm going to do three verse one. Then next week I'm going to do verse two, but I'm also going to review verse one. Hey, you realize if you do that. One verse a week, that's 52 Bible verses that you'll have memorized in a year. Well, let's say, you know, you only met half that. That's still 26 Bible verses. And if you didn't, you know, if you only memorized just like one verse this last year and you memorized 26, that is a, that is a huge increase. That's a huge increase. That would be awesome. Imagine if everybody in the church memorized 25, 26 verses this next year. That would be huge. I guarantee you there would be spiritual growth. I guarantee you there'd be spiritual growth in your life and spiritual growth in the church if everybody memorized 26 verses. Here's one. I've been talking about the scripture. Study the word, pray, memorize, obey. Number four, obey. See, because you can know all the scripture. This is real important here. You can study the word. You can study, study, study. And you can even memorize it. But if you don't obey it, then now we've got real problems. Because if you study the word and you memorize the word, but you don't obey the word, then you know what you're going to have a whole lot of. Starts with a P. Pride. Oh, I know the word. Oh, I memorize the word. But if you don't obey the word, then there's just going to be pride. Big time pride. And that's going to be a big time problem. 
John 14, 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and make myself known to him. Real simple, if we want to increase fellowship with the Lord, obey. If you obey, he'll make himself known to you. If I obey, he'll make himself known to me. Obedience is the key. And if we take one thing away from this morning's message, let it be that, obey. Without that, we're sunk. We have to obey the word. Obey God through obeying his word. Because what did Jesus say? He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. He doesn't say, it's the person who says that they love me. Or it's the person who thinks that they love me. You know, he says, it's the person who obeys. Number five, share the word. Share the word. Again, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and spoke to them and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Share the word. Because if we study the word, if we study the word, if we're people who pray, if we're people who study the word, if we're people who pray, if we're people who memorize the word, if we're people who obey the word, then we'll certainly be people who want to share the word with others. The key thing there is to share. The where is going to be God's direction in your life and what he lays on your heart. The opportunities he gives you at school, at work, in your community, in your neighborhood, through your extracurricular activities, all these things. I'm not so concerned about the where. The key is that we share. That we share the word. Now this may bring each one of us in different ways some conviction. I hope that each one of us has a little bit of conviction of, you know, hey, okay, here's an area, at least one, that I need to improve in. Like, don't be stagnant. Even if you're doing a really good job in these things, I I would hope there'd still be a conviction because there'd be a prompting of the Lord that says, but yes, Lord, there could be more. I want to do more. And I, I want to be really clear about that. You know, what's our what's our want to? Because maybe the first thing is that we have to have a heart change where we have to go before the Lord and say, Lord, you know, I don't want to do all this stuff. This sounds like work. This sounds hard. I don't want to do all this. Lord, change my heart. Give me a desire for you and a desire to do these things. 
because I got two things to say on that. One is, you know, please don't use the excuse of time. Please don't say I'm busy. I'm too busy. I don't have time for this. One, on this list, you know, we haven't put a time frame. Now, when it comes to studying the word, prayer, and memorizing, I I think you're hard-pressed to do that in less than 15 minutes. I think you're hard-pressed to do that in less than 15 minutes. But, But please don't say, I don't have time, I'm busy. Look, unless you are in a forced labor situation where you go in, you know, they wake you up after four hours of sleep and they put you in a cold mine with a picks and pickaxe and nothing. And, and you're in there for like 18 to 20 hours before they drag you out and, and give you, you know, some bread and water and beans and let you sleep for four hours and put you back in. If that's not your life, which I know for everybody that's currently listening to this message, I know that's not your life. If that's not your life, then you have time. Because if you don't have time, then I expect that every one of us who would say, I don't have time, would immediately go home and take out every electronic device and take it to Goodwill and give it away. Because everybody's got a TV or a phone or something that they spend some time on to watch something. It is not possible to say, I have time to watch a game. This is me right here. Because I like sports. I have time to watch a game, but I don't have time to read my Bible or memorize. That's just lying. See, I'm just lying to myself if I say that. You can't say, I have time to read this other book, but I don't have time to read the Bible. Or you can say, I have time to read these articles on social media through my feed, but I don't have time to read the Bible. You can't say, I've got time to watch this show, but I don't have time to study the Bible. That's not true. We know it's not true. It'd be better off, we'd be better off to say, yes, I have time. I just don't want to. We get that? Like, that's at least honest. That's at least, that's me being honest, is I have time, I'd rather just do something else. You see, that's honest. At least be honest. Because if we're honest, then we can ask God to change our hearts. But if we're just lying to ourselves and using the I don't have time for that excuse, we're not going to get anywhere. We can get somewhere if we go before the Lord and say, Lord, I just don't want to. So if this is going to happen, you're just you're just going to have to change my heart. Because when we fail, the scripture says what? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when we fail, we have to confess, Lord, I have failed. But then you see, he cleanses us. And then we can move forward. We can move forward with a renewed heart, a renewed perspective, a renewed desire. Because I have a question for you this morning. What did you hear when I gave this list of things 
And again, you're free to make your own list before the Lord. I think some of these things would be on there. Study the word, pray, memorize the word, obey, share the word. But when I when I gave this list, what what was in your heart? I'm just asking the question, what was in your heart? Was it a Okay, I have to or I get to? Do you hear the difference? Like, was your heart like, oh man, I have to do these things? Or was it like, wait a second, you're telling me. You're telling me in 2021, I get to pray more. I get to study the word more. You got to be kidding. I get to, wait a second, wait a second. You're telling me I actually get to memorize scripture and put the word of God in my heart. Then I get to spend more time with the one who made the universe. That God who made all things, that Jesus, God who loved me enough to send his only begotten son, that Jesus who died, you know, came and died on the cross for my sins and who rose from the dead, stands at the door and knock and he wants to have fellowship with me in his word. I get to study the word. I get to pray. I get to memorize the scripture. I get to obey God. And I get to share the word with people. And the only thing it costs me is time. Come on, what's the catch? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I get to do all that in 2021? This could be the best year ever. This is going to be the most flippant, ridiculous, best year ever. Because I get to study the word, pray, memorize the scripture, obey and share the word of God with other people. <laughs> Yippee skippy. I'm ecstatic. Like I, I can't even, I'm going to be, I'm going to be running laps in this parking lot. Cause I'm so happy that as soon just, I, I'm not going to distract everybody, but as soon as we're done, I'm going to be running laps in this parking lot and I'm going to be leaping for joy. Cause I get to do this in 2021. Are you stinking kidding me? How much better is that then? Well, I guess I got to do these things this year because, you know, I know I'm supposed to. Come on. Come on. Like, we should be seeing this list and literally jumping up and down and running laps in the parking lot going, we get to in 2021. But instead, that our hearts are so distracted and so deadened by this crappy world. I, I want to be careful because God made it and it's wonderful and there's so many good things in it. But what I'm talking about, the junk. The junk of our world. And we, oftentimes, when it comes to spiritual life, we are people who would trade poop for gold. We'd say, there's poop and there's gold. I'll take the poop. 
Like that—that's how ridiculous we are sometimes. And listen, I'm not just—I'm not saying something to you that I'm not saying to myself. Don't don't hear me wrong. Ah. Oftentimes, given the choice between gold and poop, we'll pick up the poop. Because, and that's a heart problem. That's all that that is, is a heart problem. So may the Lord help us this year. And it might have to start with that first John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I have to start with that if it hasn't already. So that we can have hearts that see, pray, study the word, memorize the scripture, obey God and share the word and be ecstatic. And want to run laps of joy that we get to do those things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you now. Please change our hearts from have to to get to. Please help us want to crave to be in your word, to be in prayer, to memorize your scripture, to obey your word, and to share it with other people, Lord, give us a craving. Make us hungry so that we might be filled. Jesus, you said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. Lord, it's a promise you've given. Help us to hunger and thirst, we pray. Jesus, we come to you As we take the bread and the cup, we acknowledge what you did for us at the cross. And we say, Lord, help us, we pray. And we are thankful for the sacrifice you made for us. And it's in your precious name, Jesus, we pray.